Yo, yo, yo. Welcome, everyone, to the In Conversation podcast. Today, I have a very special guest on the show today. I have King Giovanni Gonzalez. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, bro. Thank you, bro. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah, so let's hop right into it. Um, You have a fight coming up uh, Friday, July 28th at the Stockton Memorial Civic Auditorium. Um, I wanted to start off with uh, asking... How do you think the fight's going to go with uh, your opponent? Um, you know, um, we train very hard for this fight, just like every other fight. We're ready. I'm, I'm ready to go in there and just and just go to work. You know, um, you know, my my uh, we're going to go in there and, and just try to knock him out. Simple as that. And I don't really say that a lot in a lot of my fights, but uh, I'm trying to make a statement. So we're going to. If you watch a lot of my fights, you can't really give you get a, a style of what type of fight fighter I am. I change my style every fight depending mm-hmm. on who I'm fighting. Uh, this fight, I mean, I don't see why he would want to box me. He would easily get out boxed if he wants to play chess. He's gonna play checkers. I'll play. He he can't box me. He's gonna get beat up if I, he boxes me. So I think he's probably just trying. He's probably gonna try to. Uh, just throw a shitload of punches, get on top of me. But at the same time, he's, uh, I don't think he's stronger than me. I'm probably just going to bully him around. You know, I'm just, I'm just going off of what I'm, what I've seen. And, uh, that's, that's, that's what our goal is right there, just to take care of business and just kind of, uh, go for the knockout. Yeah. Um, how, how would you say, uh, this training camp, you know, has been compared to other training camps? Would you say it's like, the same thing or are you are you adjusting well, every, every, every every training camp is different you know every opponent is different you know i mean my opponent got switched up halfway through training camp which is fine um but you know um i'm just ready bro like this it's been a great training camp uh, i've been training uh two to three times a day doing, doing five six miles and then lit work and then Obviously, we got a diet as well. Uh, you know, just studying film on other like actual fighters like Mayweather, De La Hoya, yeah, all of them. I study a lot of video, a lot of film. Uh, the end of the day, bro, I'm just gonna, I'm just ready to go in there and perform in front of the sold out crowd, in front of the TV audience, and just go to work. Yeah. So you've you've had a lot of fights all over the world. Um, but how does fighting in your hometown of, you know, Stockton, California make you feel? Um, it's exciting, you know, because I always have people asking me, Hey, when are you, when are you going to fight, uh, you know, nearby or in town or whatever. And, um, recently in the past 12 months, this is my third time fighting in Stockton, which is the most ever in my career. So it's, 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 it's cool. You know, um, it's a t- different type of energy because, uh, you know, you just want to go in there, go to work. But honestly, when, once the bell rings, bro, I respectfully, I forget where I'm at. The only thing that matters is the person in front of me that I, that, that I, need to, you know, put to sleep, beat up. That's my job, literally, beat somebody up. So I got to beat them up. Yeah. How would you say you, um, you deal with the, the pressures of being a fighter, you know, all that mental buildup of knowing, you know, your opponent is training to, you know, beat you up as well. So how, how do you deal with that? Are, are there any, you know, certain things you do like any I've, meditations? I've been, doing, 
I've been doing this for 20 years, brother. Uh, it's just another thing, the office. Um, you learn off experience. Um, and I'm just going to go in there and, you know, I, and it sounds horrible, but I, I, I have a license to literally beat somebody up to death once or twice a year. And it happens to be next Friday. You know, it's either me or him. So he, he has to go. Yeah. Um, how, how would you, how did you find the sport of boxing? Uh, my cousin used to be a boxing Olympian back in the nineties. And, uh, he used to always train during like Thanksgiving and all that shit. And I used to ask my pops like, yo, why is this kid training? It's, it's vacation time. And then he told me, oh, he's a boxer. And then I, that's how I, I fell in love with the sport of boxing. Also, my daddy shows by like every single pay-per-view uh, fight possible back in the days in the 90s, early 2000s. So I used to always watch boxing every every weekend. And a lot of the stuff that I see on TV back then, I now I experience it. So it's kind of, you know, kind of dope. Um, but that's how I got into it, bro. I mean, I played uh, soccer up till I was 16, 17, semi-professionally. Um, you know, that was that, but boxing, what the route, the route that I took. Yeah. Uh, would you say, you know, like as a kid, you were sort of a troublemaker, you know, like, were you getting in a lot of street fights and stuff? Well, when I was, well, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a troublemaker. I was just kind of sometimes hanging around with the wrong crowd. And I'll be honest, I was just too scared of my pops to be my ass for doing some <laughs> super shit. But I did do a lot of bad stuff, like messy, like kid stuff, you know, like just do dumb shit. Um, but I did, I started boxing literally in the streets, uh, you know, in the 209. Mm-hmm. I had a, a pair of boxing gloves in my in my um, my backpack. And I would just go up to anybody and be like, hey, you want to box? And then people would think I was kidding, but I was serious. And then that's literally how I started, backyards streets parks front yards and then i finally went to a real boxing gym one day and then i got beat up like in 30 seconds because i didn't even know what a jab was i was just a little tough guy and that's how i learned the fundamentals of boxing and here we are 20 years later wow so i know um going back to a couple of previous fights in february of this year you you had your first bare knuckle boxing match Yes. Uh, what was your what was that experience like, and what will be seen? Will we be seeing you fight bare knuckle again? Um, it was dope. You know, I mean, it was in Miami. It was a dope experience. Um, long ass flight. I'll tell you that right there. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, like ten hours, I think. I don't remember. Just forever. But uh, point being is that uh, um, I mean. I don't know if I'm going to do it anytime soon or again, just because it's, it's a, it's a, I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, it's a great sport, but, um, I still have a lot of gas tank, got a lot of gas left in the tank for, from boxing. And that's, you know, it's punching somebody with straight knuckles. It's, it's, uh, it's no joke. You know, it's no joke. So it's a, there, it's a, it's everything's done differently you can't sit down on your punches you can't throw power behind behind every single punch you throw because you'll break your hand right off top so you just gotta know what you're doing but maybe i don't know but right now i'm just focused next for next friday and i'm ready to go go to work yeah 
And you said that the fans could be expecting, we're hoping for a first round knockout, you know what I mean, for this Friday, July 28th. Can, do you think you'd be able to provide that for us? Um, you know, I don't, when it comes to predictions on rounds, I don't like to give out too much predictions. It could be the first round. It could be the fifth round, third round. Say, at the end of the day, I could tell you, I am going to go for the knockout. I'm not going to sit there and I'll box him. Like, uh, my style has, uh, uh, gradually changed from, from the style that I'm bringing you guys next Friday. My, my first like four or five fights, I was knocking everybody out one round and then it changed to more of a counterpuncher of whatever. But I could, I could tell you that my style is going to be more aggressive, um, instead of just, I'll, I can I can easily outbox him. I can I can just make the boy, the, the the fight very boring and outbox him. He won't touch me at all. I know that yeah. for a fact. But I got to look at it from an outside perspective as a fan. Do I if I fall like that as a fan? Would I want to watch that dude fight again? I wouldn't want to watch fight myself fight. I'm just being honest. So like I said, I'm gonna go in there and just just you know go to work and and aggressively go in there and go and look for the knockout. When you're when you're in a fight in a boxing ring, would you say your main goal is get in there and take them out as soon as possible? Or like how you said, do you ever sort of, you know, kind of almost like sort of toy around with him, you know, and you almost kind of want to milk it a little bit, you know, so there could be maybe a little more of some showman, you know, stuff going I've, on. I've done that before. I'm not going to lie where I, I'm, I, I'm just on a whole different level and I don't even bother finish him in the first or second round just because um, I want to get the rounds in. I want to work on things that I want to work on. But it's not like that every fight. There's some fights where we go in there, you'll be in training camp for 8 to 12 weeks, training for a certain a certain uh, style of boxing, and then the bell rings, and you go back to your corner, and you got to tell your, your corner, hey, we we gotta adjust. We gotta everything we just did the past ten weeks. We gotta throw out the window and do something else because that's not gonna work. You know, what I mean, it just depends. Every fight depends on on the fighter and on the on how everything's going. Yeah. Um. So there's there's a uh. You know, I saw that you had fought in front of you know Shaq, and uh, there's a viral clip of you you know talking to Shaq after you know your your win. Um, would you be able to tell us in the audience what you had told him in his ear? Um, you know, like, like, uh, like I, uh, like I've told everybody else, if, if, uh, maybe I'll tell, I'll let that out one day till then I'll see Shaq soon and we'll, we'll chop it up and just bullshit. But it was, it was all love, you know? And, uh, you know, he, he, uh, we spoke afterwards and he enjoyed the fight and, I mean, he didn't think I was gonna win, and that was fine. I, 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 I respect that. He thought that. I mean, the dude that I fought was six two. I'm five six. I'm a short dude, you know. Yeah. And um, I didn't think the dude that I fought. I wasn't expecting him to be that tall, you know. I just saw him on, on video, and then I didn't expect the ring to be that small. So when I saw him in, in person, I was like, "Oh fuck, this was hell big." But it's all good. We'll take care of it. But yeah, Shaq is cool, man. We were just talking about like. You know, because I'm a Kings fan and he was he used to own part of the Kings. So there's bullshit, you know, nothing crazy, but it's all love. How does that feel, bro? Like fighting in front of a, you know, a star celebrity like that, you know, like just a kid with a dream, you know, like you said you were walking around with boxing gloves and now you're fighting yeah. in front of, you know, big shot people. How does that make you feel? Um, you know, I'm I'm a little older, so I mean it's just like I don't say like just to say it, but it's kind of like whatever you know 
it's just it's dope don't get me wrong i'll sit back and look at it from the outside but it's just like i i still got a lot to do the sport you know what i mean but it's yeah, going yeah. the wrong the right the right route um i mean i I didn't think i was gonna fight in front of shack you know but hey there it is you know and but also when the bell rings, you forget who's in the audience. You don't you don't remember that shit. You know, you just you got somebody in front of you and you gotta take care of him first. And then afterwards, okay, let's talk. You know, but you know, it's just it's just um I'm just having fun. You know, I'm I'm making a shitload of money and, and having fun. So it's all good. Can't beat that. No, I definitely can. That's definitely the way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um so you know, there's there's a a, a super fight, you know, I feel like a lot of people would want to see happen and um you know it's you versus gabriel flores and from your perspective um why hasn't this fight happened yet they don't want to fight simple just they don't want to fight I'm deep. I, I, the, I, and i'll make it simple the kid he's not scared he's not scared the dad the dad knows what can happen? And I'll say, like I've said it in multiple, because I, I get this question asked every single interview, every single, I have interviews all day tomorrow at, at my gym. I have media day and I'm sure I'm, I'm going to get asked this question again. I'm going to say the exact same thing. Me and, and Flores Jr. have sparred a lot of, a lot of rounds. He had his good days and I had my good days. He had his bad days and I had my bad days, bad days. But what I got to tell everybody, that's not a, professional athlete it's not the same thing sparring and as fighting in front of 10,000 15,000 people with a camera on tv it ain't the same shit it's not the same thing you know it's a it's different atmosphere smaller gloves no headgear you know it's just different now um you know it's a fight that you know the the public is demanding at this point i stopped even bothering just because the biggest promoter in the world try to make it and they still didn't want to fight and i get it that dad doesn't want to fight because he sees he's he's seen what i've done to his son and but he's also seen his son put hands on me a couple of times at the same way i put hands on his son you know it's it's gonna it, it would be a good fight we all have our good days we all have our bad days but um i just i feel like the dad is just scared that what could happen you know and you know they're they're going downhill. You know they're at one time they were trying to be this thing that they weren't, but they were faking it. And now that they're, you know, almost the hype train's pretty much over. They you know they got dropped by top rank. They got dropped by their they got dropped by their freaking managers and all that shit. Because like I said from day one, respectfully, I always called them pillow hands. He does not hit hard. Mm. You know. He don't hit hard. He can. He has a good jab, but that jab goes away after three to four rounds. And after that, he's just on his bike, moving the whole fucking, the whole, the whole uh, round. Uh, point being is that you know at the end of the day, the fight's there. But I gotta, I gotta uh, take one fight at a time, and I'm ready for next Friday. And then you know if that fight comes, it comes, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. It's not something that I'm worried or or I don't care about. I I made it very clear a couple of months ago. And everybody saw that they did not want to to fight. And that's what I wanted people to see. Like, hey, I'm all down for it. 
they're the ones that don't want to fight. I've had people from fucking high school call me. I have no idea how they got my number. Uh -huh. asking me to buy tickets because they thought the fight was a done deal because nobody likes the dad. You know, the kid is whatever. But it's just that dad has burned a lot of bridges and he's burned a lot of people out here in 209. So a lot of people just want to see his son get beat up out here through me because, you know, his dad has done a lot of fucked up shit to people. And a lot, a lot of people don't know that shit. You know, it's just the boxing business side of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, kind of getting into the business side of things, I mean, you're, you know, you have a tremendous track record with all kinds of things and you, you're obviously a very smart businessman. Um, where did that business side of you sort of come from? I've always had it since I was a kid, you know, um, it's, it's always been there since I was a kid. You know, I, um, I'll give you an example. One time when I was 18, I think, or 19. I was going through, I was partying a lot, like in Modesto. And then one day, and I'm talking about there was like five, six parties a night back in 2008, 2009. I was with all my buddies. We was partying, blah, blah, blah. And I was just looking around one day and I started to notice that people would always show up to these parties. And then I started to ask myself, why doesn't anybody charge like a dollar or $2 or $3 mm -hmm. per person? So... That's how I started my first party. I had it in Modesto at a garage. I made like a thousand bucks. I let all the girls in free and mm -hmm. I charged the guys like 10 bucks and they all paid. That's how I started. I went to a warehouse and, um, and everybody was partying and I was the only one looking around, looking for the owner. Who's the owner? I want to know who the fucking owner is because I need to fucking rent this warehouse. And then it's just little shit like that. You know, it's just, it's just little shit. If I see, it's just, it's just how I think, you know, if I see that if it makes sense, it makes money, you know, I'm just not a, um, I don't, I don't like to just waste money or spend money and then it's gone and there's no investment in that money. You know, it's just, that's, I work too hard for it, you know? So that's pretty much how I got there. You know, it's just, it's just been an instance since I was a kid. Well, so you've always kind of just had it. It's just, been yeah, I mean, I used, to sell, I used to sell cell phones when I was a kid, when I was like in high school. I used to buy phones for like 50 bucks and resell them for like 200 bucks, you know. I yeah. used to go on Craigslist and just text like 10 different people and just buy stuff and resell it all the time. It's, I've always been like that. It's just now that I'm older and I got more money to invest, now I'm making, you know, a lot more money. It's always it's just the same thing, but I've always been like that since I was a kid. Would you say you're um, a very uh frequent and heavy investor you know like do you have a well-rounded portfolio besides you know your businesses um yes and no i mean right now uh there's a lot of projects that i'm working on but i only pulled the trigger on something that i that i uh, come that i'm out 10 times sure it's gonna work you know i don't like to lose um but if i lose i also know i learn from a from a loss but for the most part, um, if I do put myself in a situation, is because I have researched that project project ten different times. I don't just hop into just something. It's not like when you go to a, like a, hang out with some friends and you just start bullshitting. Like, oh, let's do that. I don't, I'm not like that, you know. Yeah. Um, and if and something does pop up, then I look into it and then I start doing my research. And then if it makes sense, all right, fuck it, let's do it. And if it don't make sense, all right, I'm good, you know. And that's the hardest part for some people. For investors, they don't know how to say no. That's what they go broke. You know what I mean? They don't know how to say I'm good. Uh, so, yeah. So you play it a lot more conservative, you know? Before you yeah. put your money in anything, you basically, sounds like you like to 
know exactly where it's going to go, you know, which is very smart. Yeah, absolutely. I know, I know where every dollar goes. If there's $10 in my truck and my daughter grabs it, I ask where's my money and she starts laughing because she knows that I know where every dollar goes, you know? So just like that. Yeah. So, I mean, you have your own boxing promotion, uh, King Geo Boxing Promotions. Can you tell us, uh, you know, what your vision is for that? Yeah, so right now I have a uh, boxing promotion, Kenjo Box Promotions. I have a, a boxing gym, KG Boxing Academy. And there's another uh, project that I'm working on that I'm going to announce pretty soon. That's going to be big, but I'll keep it at that. Boxing, the Kenjo Boxing Promotions is just something that I started to learn from when I was younger, when I became a professional athlete. I saw uh, a lot of stuff that made sense, but was fucked up. But at the same time, I started to see how, not necessarily necessarily how easy it was, but, you know, how a lot of things was getting ran, you know, with boxing. So I decided just to make my own boxing promotion. Um, and yeah, right now we're doing very good right now. Excuse me. Right now, um, I got Justin Marcus from Texas. He's like, I think number 18 in the world right now at 115 wow. pounds. Um, so, I mean, we have a lot of, we have it's a lot of opportunity, you know, a lot of opportunity. Um, and I'm just, I'm learning every day just because, you know, I have a box promotion. I mean, I know it all. I don't, I probably don't even know half of it, but I'm always open to learning. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's how you get better. And a lot of people don't like to get corrected and it's not being corrected. It's just learning, learning from things that either somebody's trying to avoid you making a mistake or you're just trying to. They're trying to teach you something, and a lot of people don't like to, you know, get thought the, uh, different ways. You know, I'm always open to learning from every anything, anything, not just boxing, anything in life. How would you say your approach to learning is? Are you are you someone that tends to, you know, go and like almost pick up every book and listen to every podcast, you know, watch all kinds of videos on them, or would you say you're definitely you learn a lot from experience? Experience, and I read a lot. I don't, I don't, um, the only time I listen to podcasts is when I, when I was younger and I'm going to be honest, when I was, when I started my career, I was very broke. So I would have to drive to a lot of my fights, um, eight hours, 10 hours. So I started listening to podcasts, but I've always read since I was a kid. I read every day, literally every single day. I read every night, every morning, every midday, probably read after we're done with this podcast. I read the world, anything. Anything that's on my phone or a book, whatever. I'm always reading, um, learning uh, a lot of stuff. And my One of my biggest things is I like to learn, and it sounds kind of fucked up, but I like to learn of other people's mistakes. That way, I don't commit those same mistakes myself. Yep. So, yeah. What would you... What would you tell like a young kid, say they're, you know, listening to this and they don't really know where they want to go, you know, right? They don't really know who they are, um, but they see you and they see you making moves and they're hearing this and they're saying that you read and, you know, you own multiple businesses. Do you have any advice, you know, to someone like that? Yeah, I mean... Just uh, there's going to be 
I mean, even your own family, your own friends, whatever. And, and, and a lot of people will sometimes go against what you're trying to do because they don't see what you're seeing. You know, like I can't see what's in your brain and you can't see what's in my brain. You can't see the vision. You can't see my vision. Only you can see that. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, if you have a vision, let's, for example, let's say you want to start a car wash company, right? And you have this crazy idea and you already got it figured out in your head. All you got to do is bring it to life. And then you got people telling you, oh, don't do that. Just get a, Just go work at a car wash. But you want to be the owner of the car wash. You know, you got all these different ideas. There's going to be people are telling you otherwise, even fucking your moral up. You can't let that do. And I've known, I've known so many people that are like, I'll give you an example. I, there was this boxer that I knew tremendously, tremendously talented, mm-hmm. young. His dad was his trainer. Um, the kid, when he would have a bad day, we know we all have bad days at the gym or whatever. He would have a bad day. Then his dad would tell him, oh, you fucking suck or, or you're no good or go run or you're going to get knocked out, blah, blah. After saying that so long and listening that, listening to that from a person like that, which is your father, Mm -hmm. you're going to start thinking you fucking suck, you know? And there you go. He ended up getting, you know, beat up by people he that shouldn't shouldn't even be touching him, and he ended up just not fighting again, just because of somebody that I get it is his dad, and and this probably was telling doing that whole tough love, but you know you can't do that. It don't work like that in my book. You know you can't. Mike Tyson's trainer used to tell Mike Tyson, "You're going to be the best in the world." Blah blah blah. This and that, and he said, "I wasn't. I didn't know he was going to be the best in the world." But I know if I told him, he was going to believe it. And that's all I needed. And you, and you, you see how that turned out. Yep. You know? But you're going to have people telling you, hey, you know, you can't do this or, or don't do that because it ain't, it ain't worth your time or this and that. Or you might even, you know, hit a, hit a fucking a wall and just say, fuck, man, do I, do I really want to do that? And that's what's going to separate you from the rest. If yeah. you want to go over that wall or through that wall or just, turn around you know because mm-hmm. it's all boxing shit people just see me fighting and t- on tv or doing all these interviews or or this and that or looking me up online or all this all bullshit see the instagram all the good shit they don't see the bad shit you know what i mean i didn't have i didn't it wasn't always you know it, it wasn't always good it was a lot a lot of uh hard uh hard times in boxing to where you start questioning yourself is this really for me? And like I said, that's that wall that gets in front of you. What are you going to do? You're going to go through it, over it, whatever the fuck you do, just get through it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why I'm here, you know? Like, even though I had people telling me, oh, you know, don't do it no more. Blah, 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 blah. If I would have listened to those motherfuckers, everything I have now, maybe I would have had it, but I would have not had it the way I have it. And when I when I say that is, I can wake up respectfully. I can wake up anytime I want today, tomorrow. The next day, I can go to sleep anytime I want and wake up and not worry about being late to work, not be worried about calling in. If I want to call in, I just text myself. You know, I'm yeah. simple as that. I'm my own boss. But if I would have listened to all those people, okay, maybe I would have got a different route. But now I don't get to see my kids every single day every single hour until I go train or do what I do. You know what I mean? Like that was my, yeah. one of my biggest things that you know, my parents, I mean, growing up, my parents was always working and that's, that's fine. I get it. But that kind of sucks. 
you know, mm-hmm. it's not yep. your parents. And when they get home from work, your you know, people get tired. You're from work. So, yeah. you know, that's why, like I tell my kids that, you know, your grandma, your grandpa, you know, I never saw them that much. And, and they're like, well, that's crazy. Cause you're always here. I was like, well, yeah, it's because I fucking, you know, I don't say that, but yeah, you know, I, I worked hard for what I, for what I got, you know? Yeah. That's, that's inspiring, man. And, you know, um, obviously, like you said, you own, you know, your own boxing academy K or yeah. 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 KG boxing academy. Um, you know, a lot of kids look up to you, you know, um, and what's your main vision, you know, opening that gym? Is it to get kids off the streets? You know, is it to build the champions? What's what's like your main thing that fulfills you so much with having, you know, that gym? I grew up in the 209s, Lodi and Stockton area. Lodi, there was no boxing gyms at all. Stockton, they were too far. So I just chose to fight in the streets. The reason, and I was always told like, hey, why don't you open a gym? Why don't you open a gym? And I was like, it's just not the time yet. It's not the time yet. It's not the time. Mm-hmm. The time finally got here and I opened the gym and it was, a, I mean, it's a lot of work, a lot of money, everything. Put that aside. My goal is to just get kids off the streets. If a world champion is built out of my gym, that's fine. But I'd rather save a life than build a world champion. Yeah. So if I can get some kid out the streets, that'd be great. And I say this because when I was 16, 17, I used to work at the Boys and Girls Club. I coached a soccer team. I met all these kids that, you know, the Boys and Girls Club is a great program. But the messed up part about it, the majority of those kids that are there are because their parents can't take care of them or they're working or even I've seen, you know, some kids, some parents just don't want them home. They just send them there. And that's fucked up. Um, my point is that there was a lot of kids during that time that had nowhere else to go but to the Boys and Girls Club, which is why the program is there to get them off the streets. Mm-hmm. I had a soccer team. We did very well. I was 17. They were like 11 or 12. The season ended and I was a kid and I still ran this soccer team on, the, on a different league to keep these kids these kids out the streets well they started getting older and the team fell off the team fell off and like two or those th- two or three of those kids you know now they're in jail for killing people for life you know and i knew though and i used to pick up the, the i had whole conversations with those kids about life um I, I had them at my house you know for like barbecues the team uh everything just like family you know i would just take care of those little kids and now you know, this was back in 2007, 8, 9. They, you know, committed murder or whatever it was. And now they're in jail for life, you know. Wow. And, and and I've experienced a lot. And a lot of people don't know that, you know. And it's just like I I, I have these gyms. And I'm, there's there's kids that come here. And I tell them, like, uh, you know, that's good you come here every day. But sometimes I see you just kind of wandering around. What's going on? He's like, oh, I'd just rather be here than home. I get it. You know, yeah. I get it. It's fucked up, but I get it. Yeah. Um, switching. I have another question kind of sort of about yep. the business thing. And it's, uh, you know, I saw on, on your Instagram that, um, you know, you're looking into expanding into the cannabis industry. I don't know, you know, if there's any disclosed stuff, you know, that we can't discuss, but is there anything you could 
tell us, you know, your fans and stuff about that? Yeah. Um, I mean, all I can say at the time, at the, at the, at the moment is that it's gonna, it's going to happen. Everything at its time and, uh, is being worked on. But I've, like I said, I've learned from other people's mistakes and my own mistakes, not to jump into something too crazy. Um, and that'll come down the line right now. Like I said, I'm just focused on next Friday and, uh, and getting the, the, the job done. Oh, man. Well, yeah, I mean, you got your fight coming up Friday, July 28th, Stockton Memorial Civic Auditorium. This is a co-main event. This is the fight you cannot miss. Trust me, it's easily worthy to be a main event. Um, Giovanni Gonzalez, I cannot thank you enough for coming on the show. You have oh, an thank amazing... Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. You have an amazing track record, Rome. And, uh, you know, it's inspiring. It really is, man. And I just want to thank you, you know. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you for having me. Do you do you have anything you would like to say to the fans prior to your fight? Yeah, just uh, tune in. If you can't go to the fight, just watch it on TV. It's going to be a good fight. Um, and just uh, just tune in. It's going to be a fun fight. You know, you won't be disappointed. Cool, man. Well, that wraps it up. Thank you, you know, for coming on and. Uh, you guys know what to do. Follow our social medias. Um, I'll have his linked in the description and all that. And thank you guys so much. Yep. All right, y'all. Peace. Thank you.